All right, I uh, think it's two o'clock, so we'll uh, we'll go ahead and get and get started. I hadn't heard that Pete was not going to be here, so uh, perhaps he will perhaps he'll make it in a little bit. And if he told me he wasn't going to be here, I've apparently forgotten. But um, for those of you that have uh, joined us here at the Research Council, uh, welcome online. You're watching at Route29Solutions.org. If you go to the Panel and Meetings tab, you'll find the agenda and the presentation for today's uh, meeting under the June 11th heading. For those of you that are here, if you need a uh, if you need a restroom, it's out the door to the right, and you'll find the facilities there. If we need to vacate this building for any reason at all, we'll go down the steps, out the front door, turn the left, and then curve back into the parking lot uh, that sits behind this building. So uh, get that out of the way. Let's go ahead and do our introductions. Chip. Uh, Chip Orioles with the Thomas Jefferson Planning District and the Charlottesville Albemarle MBO. Morgan Butler with the Southern Environmental Law Center. Mark Graham, Albemarle County. Tatila Huja, Mayor Charleston. Greg Sheffield, the Albemarle County Board of Supervisors. Chris Engel, City of Charlottesville. Karen Weiner, Charlottesville Fashion Square. Henry Weintrake, a consultant to Express Car Wash. Sooner changed his name to White Horse Car Wash. Oh, okay. Is that as a result of your advice? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's okay. It's a result of my sale. Joel Denarzio, VDOT Charlottesville Residency. Dave Covington, VDOT Charlottesville Residency. Debbie Messina, Development Academy. Linda Collett, VDOT IT Support. John Lynch, VDOT Culture District. Lou Hatter, VDOT Charlottesville Residency. Pete? Pete Borges, CMA Properties. Okay. Uh, Debbie takes care of all the finances for my company, and of course we drive down here every other week to this meeting, so I figured particularly, primarily, because she did take care of the finances for the company, that I went ahead and married her last Sunday. So, <laughs> got that, we got that taken care of. <laughs> Some things aren't changed. So, <laughs> yeah, exactly. All right, well, thank you again for being with us to today. We've got, uh, uh, got some key items to review in the new agenda piece of our business as well as our project updates, but we'll go ahead, Linda, and get on over to page, maybe the third page. Uh, at our uh, last meeting, there were 49, uh, 49 people tuned in live stream. That's a little more than double of the May 14th meeting. Uh, number of streams went way up, 199. Average minutes still staying about the same. About roughly a half hour people tuning tuning in uh, we had some uh, we did have one comment we actually got two emails at the route 29 solutions inbox one comment uh, still nothing new wanted to provide input part 
the comment was to confirm the number of through lanes in each direction under the, uh, the overpass. And as you folks know, there'll be two through lanes in each direction under the underpass, but there's also two through lanes in each direction on the local lane portion. And the person that wrote in was referred to the conceptual plan and the aerial video. And Lou, if I recall correctly, got a thank you note back and yes. for, for clarifying that. Oh, look, if I say, I, I think that's a very common misconception. Mm -hmm. I, I've seen it written several times that the number of lanes are being reduced. Yeah. That's exactly what this person said. It was a common mis misconception. And it's just splitting the through lanes that are used to go through the intersection or past the intersection. And then there's the through lanes on the local portion of the intersection itself, which is very important to access some of those businesses that will still be accessed off of 29 and not off of Rio Road. But it also assumes that people will, will voluntarily take a lane that will stop at a stoplight as opposed to go through without a stoplight. Uh, if this person is not going to one of those businesses, yeah, they yeah. probably will. I mean, the, the traffic counts assume that. Yes. Right. It's human uh, nature tells you that it would, probably wouldn't happen. I think what adds to the confusion is that sometimes local lanes are referred to as the ramps. In the, I guess in the media, yes. I've seen it written up as the ramps. Mm -hmm. It's really not the ramps. They, it, That's right. Like ramps as well, well, it's been it's referred to by some individuals also. That's what I mean. Yeah. Incorrectly. So that's where it comes from. Uh, complete the analysis for the extension of the Woodbrook and Fashion Square turn lanes. The preliminary queue analysis is at VDOT. The preliminary analysis indicates that the turn lane storage at Fashion Square or 29th would need to be extended by 50 feet. The same analysis indicates that the existing storage at Woodbrook is sufficient to handle the uh, construction phase queue as well as the peak hour queue. Uh, Dave and I met uh, yesterday and I know Dave and his team is reviewing this analysis and when that review is finished, which I would expect by our next meeting, we'll be able to come back with a final determination on those storage lanes and the extent to which they do need to be ex extended. Uh, when you think about it a bit, considering the left turns at 29 South in the Fashion Square, versus the left half turns at the Abemarle light into the Goodwill, which is a pretty low movement. Uh, it, the results of this preliminary analysis make some, make some sense, but still Dave and his folks need to have an opportunity to, to review it. Um, owners should be notified in advance of work beginning in front of businesses. And uh, we're going to talk about that a little bit more as a part of agenda item nine, uh, we will get a little more information there. Uh, there was a, go ahead, no, that's good. There was a request to revisit the schedule for the utility relocations in each one of the quadrants. The schedule has been revised to reflect the most current dates 
and to clarify the holiday restriction period, because if you'll recall, the schedule we saw two weeks ago had some work occurring during that holiday period. The holiday restriction period is the day before Thanksgiving until January 1. And then we'll look at that on the next two slides. This is the current schedule. This, I think we're going in a different direction this time. This is going counterclockwise, Dave. This is the current schedule for the utility relocation work. And this will tie into our discussion on agenda item nine about notification to businesses. We also added in here under the duck bank construction, the construction of the bank itself is one activity. Utility owners actually pulling cables through the duck bank is another. So that item is added, go ahead, underneath each one of the appropriate quadrants as well. Dave, did you want to add anything to that particular item? Yeah, and part of why this schedule has changed since our last meeting, I believe yesterday or the afternoon before, I can't remember exactly, I think it was afternoon, Tuesday afternoon, we received a baseline schedule from the design builder. And what the baseline schedule is, it's a schedule of the entire project, their first submittal, which we review. Once that becomes approved and we agree with that schedule, we have the project schedule that they will actually build the project off of from now until the end of the project. So this is new information as they're creating the schedule for all this work. We're able to share with you now. What we had before wasn't quite to the level of what we have today. Dave, for their benefit, because I can imagine it's going through people's heads. Well, you mean you've already started, but you're just now doing a schedule. So talk to them a little bit about the early schedules of work and the baseline and what that means. Yeah. What we had required of the design builder is with their technical proposal, we received their proposal schedule, which was kind of a high level schedule. They outlined and gave us confidence that they can complete the project by the fixed completion date. When we awarded the contract, we had a requirement that they had to submit a schedule for the first, I believe it was three months worth of work. And they did that. And that's what they're working off of now. After that three months, they had to submit their baseline schedule. And that's the full detail of all their schedule items of construction work. So that's the difference in those schedules. We are now working off the baseline schedule, whereas last week we were working off of the preliminary or the three month schedule of activities. And the baseline schedule is, I mean, I won't pass this around, but there's a lot of activities on these pages now that produce a high level of detail for each particular work item. Like I said, we'll come back to this when we talk a bit about agenda item nine, because this ties directly to notifying business owners, not just, hey, we'll be there June 15th to July 17th, but specifically when certain activities will take place. Open discussion. Any items for next week, next 
meeting on agenda, Brad? Chris? Karen? Karen, any items for well, this period? I'm going to talk about it. I know that um, last week at the Board of Supervisors meeting, the vote of the business assistance program, some of that will be part of the discussion. It can be right now. Okay. Um, just a couple things I thought kind of interesting in the, the discussion among Board of Supervisors was there's confusion of what branding meant as opposed to a marketing program. And it seemed that the, the place naming and a marketing program that actually is more of an economic stimulus type of thing to help businesses in the impacted area was getting confused, at least that's how I interpreted it, with the actual, what we're doing here with the place naming. Mm -hmm. So, I, I, you know, some of the Board of Supervisors, I believe, actually said, well, this is VDOT doing, I know you were there, Mark, doing, uh, paying for system. a branding, and I think there was not <clears throat> clarification on their part, and. And quite frankly, I don't understand a, a project of this magnitude where no one is offering, at this point, any assistance to the businesses. And where we can maybe, as this group, go from there, because there wasn't really any discussion about it at the previous, at this previous meeting about the Board of Supervisors presenting this, um, which was very important. The reason I found out, it wasn't even posted clearly on the um, Admiral County website. I just happened to go through and was reading the agenda, like, oh, I need to get there. I, as a business, I don't know if any other business or property owners received notification of that, but there wasn't a lot present. And I know I came in after it already started. So it's, it's, I'm just trying to understand how a project like this, this large, this many businesses that are recognizably going to be impacted greatly, there's not even anything in place as assistance at this point. Unless I'm misunderstanding, I know that this the part of it, the consultant was voted down, um, which I think there was that Lee was trying to, Lee Catman with the county was trying to, I think did an excellent job of trying to explain what that involved, you know, that someone's expertise similar to the SRI, you know, that, that they're the experts in that type of thing to bring someone in, but that, that was voted down. And there'll be further discussion, I think, on some parts of it, but I think maybe this group should bring some clarification well, on yeah, I what's say going that, on with that's that. That's right. Where, where the division seemed to go on the board, um, and this is my editorializing because I don't think it's been written up, um, my editorializing is that the board seemed to have some concerns about what would be normally done as a business for business support, which we're doing, versus which would what new activities would require taxpayer-supported funding to do and they basically said let's take for now take off the things that would require additional taxpayer funding and talk about what else we can do so that's kind of where they left things last week right so at this point there is actually nothing except what we're already doing there there were so I want to make sure a dozen so items there yep. were three that were removed that required tax dollars to be used but there were other items on there that provided assistance. So to say that there was there is no assistance is is completely inaccurate. So what there were, were those other items? That I don't have the list in front of me. You saw the list. You were at the meeting. They, they each were read off. And 
I guess I would assume our, our, our district supervisor would be a little more familiar with what those items may be for this business. Okay, are. Karen. Yeah. I, I memorized them. Yeah, that's that's my job, is to memorize every item that comes before the board. I, I have to be honest, I, I do, I'd hate to try to list them off the top of my head. Could, could, we, get we, a, could we get a summary? Yeah, of, I'd be glad yeah. to come back. Well, and let me see. I actually I had emailed, I apologize with Lee Catlin, because I, I, there was a lot of conversation that evening to understand um, exactly what <clears throat> was being approved and what wasn't being approved because I, I left out there thinking you know you said there was nobody there but when y'all formed your opposition against this project y'all didn't necessarily have a trouble getting people to show up for that so i'm kind of confused about your concern that nobody showed up to support us giving assistance but there definitely was people showing up to oppose the project no my concern was that um I heard I was listening on the podcast as I was driving over to it. There was an apologize, but this I think is part of this, you know, as well. Oh. Um, since we were asked to be a part of this group because we were part of the business community, um, that and I can't say who it was I'm saying it, but it was a board supervisor that um, said, "Well, there's no one here from the business community," and I thought, "Well, gosh, that probably was me how, because how yeah. well it was even communicated that it was a." that being discussed that evening. So that, that's just my Again, opinion. you as a Smart 29 I, member knew about it. You, now, your fellow Smart 29. Now, you're a Smart 29 member. Okay, we, we so sent a list of members. Let's, this is important, but yeah. let's not mix this the county's business with what we're doing. Smart 29 members. It's, it's important for our entire community for these businesses. It's not just isolated for these okay, businesses. Okay, so you don't feel like it's, so, uh, as members of this panel, you don't feel like it's a an obligation or just a courtesy for you to help disseminate information to those businesses? Yeah, I do, if I had known, but it wasn't even mentioned at this panel meeting, at the last panel meeting. It was mentioned several panel meetings ago. It was requested by somebody to I, I have access to that. I would have assumed that it would have been mentioned I, the week I, before, you know? I don't want to, I don't want to, I don't want to stifle a conversation, but. Well, I don't want to do a board of supervisors meeting here either. I didn't intend for it. But just for the record, uh, the, the president of the Chamber of Commerce was there, okay, representing mm -hmm. the business. Mm -hmm. uh, so it's not that there was nobody there. But my question is this, uh, and you people can help me out. There's a certain percentage of the sales tax that goes directly to the county. Am I right? One and a half percent or something? Like that? <coughs> Yeah, one percent. A certain percentage. I, what is it? One percent. One percent. One percent. Somebody knows about it. Uh, has the county figured out how much they're going to lose of that money come this period of heavy construction? And they may find out that there may be a lot of tax revenue lost that may be equal or higher than whatever marketing efforts that may be made. Yeah, that's been discussed, and they recognize that there could be speculation about it. Yeah. But they're trying to monitor that. Yeah. Now, there's parts of that information which have to be compartmentalized <clears throat> because theoretically it could be used to ex to extrapolate how much business each business is getting. If you can get an idea of what the sales tax dollars are, so they have to be very careful about how they do that. But that, that's something, and it has been discussed with the board as part of the business assistance program. It was discussed, I want to say it was two or three months ago. So it's it's on everybody's radar screen. Uh, my is, has anybody been able to try to put that on a spreadsheet? Do some math. It's, the last conversation, well, let, let's, let, let's, yeah. 
I mean, it's it's not the business of the panel directly, and I hear the concerns on both sides. We had, and I had asked earlier this year, mm -hmm. we could get ongoing communication about what progress is being made. And I know, like I said, Lee um, had sent me um, what the plan was and what was presented right. at the Board of Supervisors meeting. And if we could somehow, um, still, that's my request, to incorporate okay. that in what the status is into these meetings more, more consistently. Okay, um, okay. Because, okay. you know, in addition to, you know, who pays for what, whatever, um, it just seems unimaginable that, you know, something more, this is a huge project um, for the impacted businesses, because in addition, I don't know if all of them are, but um, I want to speak to one, if the utilities that are currently existing for the correspondence we received mm -hmm. um, on the property in the area where, um, has been taken for eminent domain um, for utility relocation, if those utilities that serve the property need to be disturbed, it is now that property owner's responsibility to pay to restore those utilities. So that goes beyond the area of the utility relocation easement that's been taken for eminent domain because you know each property is different in how their mm -hmm. utilities are laid out. So utility that's located in that area that was taken for eminent domain may serve the entire property. And if you have to, or the contractor has to disconnect that, they've now disconnected. So some of those considerations and what was communicated was that would be the property owner's responsibility or expense to restore it. So it's like they're, they're having to, the, the property and businesses may, I mean, I'm saying they all are, they may have to cover the expense of because the property is being dis disturbed, because it may have been taken by eminent domain, by the utility relocation, now they're they're not getting any, you know, the assistance is not there. It's just all these I'm things. Not that I'm not yeah. following yeah. the utility relocation yeah. piece there. Yeah, uh, and there may be that, some confusion here. Uh, specifically, <clears throat> well, let me start by saying that no service to any business is going to be disconnected or disturbed to the point where you're not going to have water or power or anything like that. Well, most respectfully, that's not what the letter from the VDOT attorney says. Well, I'll, I'll get to that. Actually, it, it doesn't. It, it states it's talking about something completely different. What, what the letter that you received um, is discussing is, for instance, if you have a light pole or you have a light that is shining on your business side, we've agreed to avoid that in very certain specific circumstances. But there may be a uh, electrical service that feeds that light, that one light, not your, not the mall. Right. That, that may unfortunately, that one light is in a daisy chain cable system underground. Are they able to isolate that so that they can keep the rest well, of the power on? We do, we don't know yet. I mean, it, what they're saying is there may be certain circumstances where that may happen. Not that it will happen. It's a pretty important question. Sure. Yeah. Now, one one of the things that that we <laughs> That you have to think about though is through the process of acquiring that easement we paid for certain structures signs light poles things like that and what we're agreeing to is um, the contractor said i found a way to avoid this so we're not going back and trying to do any sort of clawback on that cost that was associated with the damage of having to impact that light pole or sign or whatever it is and also um, 
run the new electrical line to it. So it's not a situation where we're going to be impacting utilities that affect your business operations. But That's it not could possibly, depending on each property's utilities, are designed and laid out. You know, if it comes, if it's a small property, all those utilities, even on the parking lot, <coughs> come from one electrical source yes. on the property. Yes. And, and that's and not that, going to be impacted. right. And that's that's yeah. So it, there would have to be some type of work done. And my understanding from what I received, and I'm sorry, I don't take up time. We go to the next um, talk about this offline, which I requested information yes. already from VDOT, not received an answer. Um, is how the rest of the the other electrical utilities will not be impacted. You know how that's going to be. Outside. So I, that's that was yeah. Mm -hmm. And so it should be considered overall for all the properties. They're going to have all these expenses. And possibly, well, and, and the business assistance piece of it, as our group, just back to my original, we need to keep this on the forefront in, in talking about what's what's being done and what the status is. Well, if you have questions about the board of supervisors' decision, bringing it up at this meeting seems almost disconnected to actually bringing it up to the, the six supervisors instead of just me. So I would encourage I, you to actually go to the Board of Supervisors meeting, speak to the entire board instead of just to this panel and to me. Well, that was my point as well. If I had known in advance that that meeting was scheduled and that I would have been there. That was my point is if we can better communicate amongst this group I, I when you. these, you know, are occurring. Mm -hmm. that, that's my only Okay. I'm still trying to understand. It okay. doesn't seem like an unusual request. Basically, it is. The basic issue, just to kind of uh -huh. get my arms around. Uh, Which basic issue? <laughs> <laughs> the basic issue is, I own a property. Yes. Uh, there, through eminent domain, uh -huh. a strip of my property is gone. Yes. But in the process of doing that, mm -hmm. my lighting on my parking lot doesn't work anymore, or may not work anymore, or it has been impacted, maybe. Some of my light poles are on the wrong side of that line. Uh, and I need to restore my lighting on my property or something equivalent. I need to essentially restore mm -hmm. some of my property to be back you know, as a complete project. Are you saying that by paying whatever you paid in eminent domain, you also paid for the damages yes. caused yes. to the system, whatever it is, curbs, uh, lighting poles, uh, yes. landscaping, whatever. You give me money for the land and for all the other inconvenience, and then it's my job to go out and pay to get things restored so my lighting works, my curbs are the right place, my landscaping. That's the season. Is yes. that the way it is? Yes. yes. Okay. How, how I understand the issue. Yeah. Because I, I, don't, I think this plays into it. How many of the affected properties have settled? I, I do not know. That's it. I mean, because there's no way in hell I'm going to settle on on the number. Well, you, you don't know what the damage is going to be until it actually goes you, through. I mean, you don't need you don't need to settle. Well, I, that's what I mean, I'm saying. This is the what, same what process that is used on every project. No, I understand. Yeah, but what I'm saying is the impact won't be known. I mean, this is happening so quickly, and the schedules are coming out and changing every two mm -hmm. weeks when we see them. That we don't know if a curb's going to go or stay or a light pole, and I'd like to have all the faith in the world, but we don't know what a fair compromise is going to be and, 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 and compensation until 
the project is complete. Yeah. Essentially, you don't know your cost. That's exactly right. Until that actually happened. And, and, and it's and done VDOT, wrapped up. VDOT, the state of Virginia has put out a, a dollar figure based on best case scenario and all of that, but I'd like to think that's going to happen. I would like to point out that, as Bill mentioned, nobody's encouraging anyone to settle in any faster manner right. than the legal process and going. And that legal process does exist. And that's, you know, I'm not an attorney for the state or anything, but that process is there for that reason. Sure. Uh, now, in, in this understanding, we are trying to minimize inconvenience to anyone we possibly can. And I will say that Lane Foreman, the design builder, has worked very hard with us to identify areas where a business center has come back and said, you know, this is going to be tough for me to lose this sign. You know, what what can you do? And wherever they've been able to, they said, we will, they're inconveniencing themselves working around something. But they've committed to doing that in certain circumstances, and that's where these letters have gone to the property owners saying that, for instance, this light pole we've agreed to, <coughs> Um, uh, to not impact it, to work around it. Now, one thing also to consider is that we don't have um, the plans for certain properties, like overall, and I'll use them all as an example because it, it is pretty fitting. We just don't have all the electrical plans for every wire that is located on that property. And in most circumstances, in fact, right now, in the excavation that we looked at mm -hmm. yesterday, there are suspended utilities that are not being mm -hmm. disconnected, but they are working around their electrical service lines, and they do take great care because they don't want to have to go in and fix any of that either. So they'll avoid it uh, to all extent possible. But there might be some circumstances where you know, a light pole or an irrigation system that they just didn't know about is damaged. Aren't the plans already for every property available from uh, the county to see where these utilities oh, are? You, you, would, you would like to think so. <laughs> but now originally it originally had to be approved, no, right? I mean, no. it may have been 100 well, years ago, but... It's part of the problem. And in, in, in talking to the property owners, the consistent message is, this isn't representative of what we do. But Dave, I think, the, I think, unless I'm wrong here, there, there, are, there are individual utility lines of different sorts suspended every well suspended buried underground if one of them were unknown but were disturbed and severed yes. within the easement area then it needs to be re repaired it's not call the business owner and say gee sorry we didn't know this was here that, that has to be repaired. Well, well let, let's get one. Let's, let's, let's get some more. I know it's complexity, but I'm sure it could apply to others. That's why I'm bringing it Yeah. Just sit here and have an individual conversation. But, but I think there's two issues that the disturbances in the easement area and then the need to relocate things outside of the easement that is covered in either in the offer or in the eventual settlement of the of the uh, negotiation for the or through other means if it's legal if it's a court settlement then that's what it is but that compensation provides for the issues you were talking about and that's why the settlement itself is kind of <coughs> somewhat open-ended until uh, 
You know what your costs are. VDOT, VDOT has a very strict process that they follow of appraising and estimating the cost, <clears throat> and a lot of people don't agree with that, and sometimes it's settled and sometimes it That's isn't. That's why the settlement process can be. Yes, abs safe. absolutely. But absolutely. Safe. Yeah. absolutely. And about the negotiation or in court. Mm -hmm. and, uh, yes. It's yes. not. Here it is. Here's your money. Go away. Take it or leave it. No, no. Not by any stretch. Man. If hypothetically we, we were digging in one of these properties and had a water main mm -hmm. and flooded one of these properties, I mean, there, you know, there, there are damages that occur mm -hmm. there, and, and you know, the tab just runs on that on that dollar figure. And if the property owner has settled previously, there's nothing there. Am I correct in that? I mean, the uh, contractor will clean uh, it up, but there's no additional compensation. Um, well, if it's your contractor's fault, I can't imagine how you can hold VDOT responsible for that. I'm not saying. It would be oh, I think he's saying it's VDOT's contract. contract. Oh, okay. well. No, you, you don't sign away your rights. No, not at all. When you when you make that settlement anyway, I mean that might be another claim outside of right. that. Right. Certainly. Certainly. Okay. Say, for instance, if they were digging out there and they did an electrical line, this is a totally hypothetical situation. It knocked out power to your business for two days, yeah. and you're not able to be open customers, that's a claim. I mean, that's, that's an issue that you have not signed your rights away. No. Away, but, so. no. Okay, that's an important clarification. I appreciate that. Okay. Okay, buy all the cars up to <laughs> I had one other unrelated, totally okay. unrelated observation. All right. In the, the current area um, near the, the fire ramp where all the mm -hmm. activities are, there, and unless I miss it, I didn't see any signage that maybe, and, and I don't know if we'll be doing this throughout the project, that said, like, for information, like, if you really were to go to, you know, Route 29 stations, because uh -huh. if you're just driving through, you're like, wow, what's going on here? It's part of the Route 29 solutions package. Is, is that Well, we may disagree to today, that is a really good point. I'm sorry? I said, while we may disagree on some other stuff today, that is a really good point. Have you, have you noticed? I, yeah, I was, I was curious. Great. Myself. I mean, not a huge, you know, but just part of the Route 29 solutions. There's nothing to. Yeah, I, 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 yeah, I hear you. Yeah. You know. That's a good point. We had we had uh, billboards in, in Madison. <laughs> we don't have a billboard. If you drive to Madison, you would know what was going <laughs> on. <laughs> That's a good point. Let let's. Uh, that's a good point. That's a good that point. should be something there. Not that's a good point. Let, let's. Just something that, you know, someone that's curious about how much longer is this going to take, you know, they can go to a website, uh, well, Yeah. yeah. Okay. Or just put Joel's cell phone <laughs> beside his picture. <laughs> no, okay. All right. Thank you. Pete, did you have anything else? Uh, or well, I, I, are you going to talk about the, the, should I bring up the Woodbrook storage link? Uh, you may. Now or wait? Uh, you can bring it up now. I'm, I'm a little concerned about the direction this is going. Mm -hmm. um, and, and I don't know how to state it in a way that's going to, I can see this falling off the construction schedule and, 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 and falling by the wayside and, and uh, I'm very, very concerned about that. I think it's incredibly important to be to the businesses, to the residents, to the, to the community as a whole. And I, I think 
you know, empirically, I sit there and I'm in the through lane, you know, four out of five days mm -hmm. a week going to work mm -hmm. because of the stack. Now, the additional turning movements and the additional traffic and the, the importance of that through lane with this new you know, mm -hmm. construction, I think it's even more important. Um, we've been told that it's going to be part of the plan. Mm -hmm. And I, I'm concerned that it's not. I'm concerned that it, we're it, angling toward we're, we're not angling toward anything. It's not going to fall off. Let's finish. Let's finish the review of the analysis and see what that says, and and then take the next step. So and that would be discussed at the next meeting. You said that'll be discussed at the next meeting. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. They've got the analysis. Uh, VDOT has done a review of it. VDOT is in the process of having an independent review of it. The contractor was required to do the analysis. And it's, you know, we took a step, we took a step, and we got to finish finish walking. But, uh, so let's I see, what, I just wanted see to, what to come back with. I just understood. To my concern. Heard. Thanks. Understood. Anything else, Pete? No, that's it. Morgan? Mark? Uh, yeah, the, the same intersection Karen was talking about, the, if the 249 southbound from when the 250 bypass, you know, the ramp yes. right there. Yes. Uh, it came up when I talked to the board last week. They, they brought up concerns. They, there's a lot of anecdote about a lot of accidents happening uh, uh -huh. there. And I know we brought it up a couple mm -hmm. meetings back and wanted to see if we could get some follow-up on where things are as far as what what is actually happening? Is it getting better out there? But um, I, I'm getting a lot of feedback, anecdotal feedback, that, that it's still really hard for people there. I think that is anecdotal feedback. Yeah, I thought I mean, that we, we don't, presented some information. We did. We had four, four, four incidents. Uh, two occurred early. Three. three. Yeah, you're right. Three. three. Two occurred pretty soon after the traffic was changed. Right. Right. collisions. Uh, One later collisions. in March. And not not due to the merge lane necessarily. There's people that were stopping, and they're minor in nature. I, I know. Don't think, I don't think we had it pattern wise. People seem to adapt uh, to the traffic pattern fairly fairly quickly. Well, you talked directly with law enforcement. And yeah, we got we got information directly from uh, right. Charlottesville City Police. We can go so back. We don't, we don't see that as being. A I think it you looks know. scarier now than in the past. In the past, it didn't look scary, but it really was scary because people wouldn't see yeah. that yield sign and just drive out there, and you always had to watch out for those guys turning into uh, the bypass uh, at full speed. Yeah, I also think people on the bypass already are just getting used to getting on the left lane where they can't Well, that's all I was trying to get is I'm, I'm hearing stories, I, mm -hmm. it's, and I, I haven't seen any evidence one way or the other, so recent evidence, excuse me. Well, let's... Circle, we'll circle back. We'll circle back. Okay. Sure. One thing I can add is I talk very frequently to our staff out there. It is there on a daily basis. They haven't seen any access okay. at that location. That's why I'm asking. In the next last couple of months. We'll circle back though. Okay. There have been a number of spraying fingers from the drivers, but I'm not exactly sure which finger. They're all waving their shoulders. <laughs> Anything else, Mike? Mayor? Okay. 
All right, our uh, submission schedule, as you know, the uh, 60 percenters came in uh, early, uh, the, I guess late the evening before our last meeting. The Route 29 widening plans, the 60 percent, this week was the last you heard, Dave? It was supposed to be sometime today. I would, ah, would think okay. usually so probably between five and six That's a box that'll really pull up then. That'll be the next thing to anticipate will be the Route 29, 60%. Do you have any idea on Burkmar, Dave? Well, no, you'll get to that when you're a project. Early August. Early August. Early August. Okay. All right. All right. Any questions about that? Speaking of project updates, Dave? Okay, we'll start with the 29250 interchange project that we just talked a little bit about. Um, if you've driven through this week, you've seen a lot more activity in the median. Uh, they, Philip, you said yesterday it looked like a bunch of ants running around. Boy, there, there, there was, yeah. yeah. So that's a continuation yeah. of the installation of the storm drain system. Um, even south of Angus Road now, I think they've uh, a little bit ahead on that work. That's occurring primarily in the daytime, out of traffic, no lane closures there associated with that. Um, they'll complete the water line relocation that we talked about at our last meeting, which is on the west side of the road as you go into the ramp and up to 250, complete that this week. And removing temporary asphalt and placing permanent asphalt at pipe crossings. Uh, when they saw cut the pavement and excavated out at night, put the new pipe in, uh, crossing underneath the road, and they put this known as coal patch back in, which is not a permanent asphalt that's breaking up already. So they've gone ahead and put uh, permanent pavement back in those locations. So a little bit smoother now than it was earlier this week. Work next week, uh, again, continuing work on the storm drain system in the median of 29. Um, Actually, I think they're going to finish the water line next, early next week. So that's nighttime work. And begin construction of the additional lanes. So this is the widening to the median side. So to get the storm sewer system in, now they can start grading and widening to the inside on southbound 29. Any questions about current work on 29-250? Okay. Adaptive signal system, this is really wrapping up. They're completing their punch list items and continuing the planning for the Woodbrook Burkmar signal. They've actually got a preliminary design for the, uh, a full replacement of that signal if it's needed. We're still evaluating, is, does it need to be fully replaced or uh, can some temporary modifications be done to it during the construction phase? Uh, next week, they'll continue that planning and uh, we'll have a decision on whether to move forward with a full replacement of that signal or a modification, if it's a full replacement, we'll schedule some geotechnical borings. They'll go out, fill some holes, see what the earth looks like so they can design the foundations for signal poles. Any questions on adaptive signal work? Dave's last upcoming work is for the Woodbrook or Marsh signal you talked about previously, right? Yes. Turning that head, maybe, or whatever the answer. Yes. Okay. Yes. So adaptive signal. Is it being quoted in the city part also? 
It is. Now this is phase one. This is extending all the communications to the signals along the corridor. So they won't actually go live with that system until we finish construction uh, of the Route 29 250 interchange and uh, Rio grade separated intersection and 29 widening because we don't want to start that system right when that construction is going on, but it has been coordinated with the city section on MS Street. Yes, sir. Any other questions on adaptive signal? Okay. Rio grade separated intersection. Uh, we did receive a soil survey or minor structures report. This is for uh, generally smaller pipes, small retaining walls, things like that. We've reviewed that, provided comments back. Uh, preparatory work for water line, gas line, and duct bank B installations. So now they're looking at moving to, I believe that's in the southwest quadrant of the intersection. Uh, a continuation of duct bank A installation, which is the one in the northeast quadrant uh, in front of Albemarle Square that's been going on now for uh, about, I think, two weeks. And duct bank B directional bore. Now, directional bore is when they bring a piece of equipment out and drill a hole under the road instead of digging the whole road up. So they'll uh, bore underneath the Rider Road so they can uh, continue the duct bank underneath Rider Road and they'll get started on that. Uh, also, we've had uh, just this morning, we had a 60% review comment resolution meeting with Lane Corman. Uh, we did provide the comments back uh, late last week to them on, on that review. Next week, uh, continuing Duck Bank A installation and Duck Bank D installation. So they'll, in addition to the work they're doing out there now in the Northeast Quadrant, they'll start in the Southwest Quadrant. I think we'll talk a little bit about some communication with some of the property owners out there that happened this week. Any questions on the current work on the Rider Road GSI project? Yeah, I think we talked about this at our last meeting, but remind me of the work that's going on on the median, uh, tree clearing, that was to remind me what the- Construct the temporary crossings at Burkmar and South of Myers Drive. Okay. So they had to clear those trees. They did it while their, I think it was Fitzgerald was their uh, tree, tree cutting company. And, got those out of the way so Fitzgerald can move out. It's, I believe that they've uh, cut almost all the trees and shrubs that they will for that project so far. There's a couple of them on property that hasn't been acquired yet, but not extensive. <coughs> but that work is in the temporary crossing work. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, was it related to any of the utility work? The tree cutting? Yeah. The only uh, tree, tree cutting that was done related to the utility work, well, the trees in front of Fashion Square Mall were removed because of upcoming utility work. And there was a couple small trees in front of our Mall Square that were taken out near the outback uh, to facilitate Not that. in the median. Yeah, in the median up in front of um, Mall Square. That's for the Burke Mark also, that wasn't for utilities. Oh, okay. Yeah, because those utilities that are in the median will stay in place until the yeah. new utilities. I had heard that. It was for utilities. So I just want to get clarification. In the median, it was for the U-turn uh, and yes. the crossovers, but not for utilities. That's right. No, all the all the all the utilities in the median will be left in place until the new utilities are installed, so that they can do a quick switch over to the yeah. new utilities, and then those just are abandoned. <laughs> the ones that are in the median or excavated out during the construction of the project. Okay. Any other questions on ride? All right, 29 uh, widening, 
work this week. They've continued with utility test holes using nighttime lane closures. That'll probably continue on for a few more weeks. There's 1.8 miles of utilities to locate out there, so that's a pretty extensive process. Um, as Philip mentioned, we are planning to, expecting to get the 60% plan submittal sometime today. I expect it'll probably be five or six o'clock this afternoon. We will put that up on our website uh, and send notification. We can print plans just like we've done. Actually, it'd probably be a good idea to get a head count of anybody who'd like to receive half-size set of plans like we've done with Rio. We should Morgan. plan on the same five. Okay, Joel, can you write that down for me? We got one, two, three. I know. Five. All right, five. Very good. Thank you. Usual suspects. Uh, also, we've received the uh, Powell Creek HNHA report. Uh, this is a stream uh, located that crosses uh, the 29 widening portion. This is one of the larger streams. I think it's uh, has a box culvert. So we had a separate hydraulic report as HNHA's hydro hydrologic and hydraulic analysis. Uh, so we're currently reviewing that, and also the 75% waterline relocation plan submittal for the uh, RWSA water line is going to be replaced for the entire length of that project. So there'll be a new water line there. Work next week, again, continuation of the utility test holes with nighttime lane closures. We'll complete the review of the 60% plans <coughs> next week, uh, complete the review of the Powell Creek HNHA report, and complete the review of the 75% water line relocation, relocation plans. Does anybody have any questions or comments on 29 widening? Okay. And Burkmar extended. Um, this week they are planning to clear some trees at the archaeological site. This is on the north side of the river, near Rio Mills Road. Uh, honestly, I'm not sure if they've actually done that yet this week. This has been on the schedule for a little while, but not a critical item yet. But what this will allow them to do is to actually next week begin the archaeological investigation that they're required to do that site uh, by contract this is what's known as a phase three archaeological uh, investigation where they do they dig a hole and they do sift tests to document what they find also uh, review the stage one bridge report that's currently under review we'll finish that up this week a stage one bridge report we've received the plans uh, we reviewed those we provided just a few comments on it's a fairly standard bridge uh, and then they submit the stage one report, which is actually we sign off and say, we've reviewed it, we agree with it, You're, you can move forward to the next stage, and that's where we're at right now. And they're continuing the 60% design development, and I believe, I think I mentioned August 4th is the target for the 60% plans for Burkmar. Uh, next week, they do plan to begin that archaeological investigation. Uh, we'll complete the stage one bridge uh, report, get that signed and return back to the design builder, and they continue to work with the on the 60% design development uh, next week as well, roadway and bridge. Will those 60% plans so, show some of the basic architectural treatment features? Yes. The, yes. And we did, uh, you sent an email out to everyone, right, that the 60% RIO bridge plans are on the website, and there's a couple of sheets on there that detail the architectural treatments of the bridge. The same thing will be in place for the Burkmar Bridge. It'll show the uh, BR-27 rails and the, the same treatment on, those, on the inside and outside of the bridge. 
Okay, do we have any questions on Burkmar? Okay. And Hillsdale. Sure. Uh, ongoing dialogue with VDOT on traffic comments and uh, the second round of the bridge that's part of this project. Uh, preparing for a stakeholder meeting, which will be two weeks from today. Uh, reviewing geotechnical boring work. This is upcoming work uh, that will impact some of the property owners. Uh, working with comments from Albemarle County regarding stormwater management plan and drafting an MOA. Reviewing the final plan set. Um, stakeholder meeting two weeks from today, and uh, appraisal process continues with the uh, right-of-way folks on selected parcels. Any questions for <clears throat> Chris on Hillsdale? Um, Mark, you might know the answer to this. When so, when this gets built, the the a new connection with Greenbar will swing through what's now the retention pond, right? That that alignment shifts. Mm -hmm. Is it the city or county that would be responsible for the maintenance of the stormwater pond? Well, the city will be responsible to relocate or re reconstruct the, the facility. It'll be on basically what happens. The facility moves from the west side of the road to the east side of the road. Right. But it will be the county's facility, and the ongoing maintenance of the facility will be the county's once it's done. Okay. And that's part of the purpose of the MOA between the city and county to, to determine that you need to build it to these standards and specifications and the county maintains the, the other part of the moa is the county is basically giving the city the ability to control the erosion sediment control and stormwater management during construction uh it's that part's actually in the county but we've done this a couple of times on other projects where the city gives us control of part of the property in the city or the county gives the city property for part of the property in Canada. So. Chris, could you refresh my memory? When is this supposed to be going out for bids? The end of the year, early next year. December. December is the end date. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, they had a little update on the job fair. Yeah, do we? Is that on the next yeah, slide? Yeah, it is. Okay. Uh, not a great deal of information, but we have had an update on that. They're continuing to uh, primarily look for the right venue. They're talking to local schools and hotels right here in the area. I know Lou's working with uh, Lane Corman on that. They, the first meeting is the DBE and small business outreach. So this is small companies that they would subcontract to and trying to get them in as early as possible and talk to them in a different environment than say people who come in who want to maybe be directly hired uh, by the contractor tentative date for that is july 15th i uh, hope we have a venue very shortly and we will provide information to both the city and county so if you want to put that on your website to make people aware of it i believe they're also planning some newspaper advertisements and things of that nature to try to draw all those contractors in would we not be supplementing any of that advertising or Posting through Eva or whatever it's called. Yeah, um, the the database of all of your qualified contractors. That, that's a good question. I'll I'll talk to our folks that, that handle that with the DV and small businesses. Yeah, I know I that they it. are engaged with the design builder in this process. Yeah, they will be at the meeting, uh, and the primary purpose of that is to 
there may be some businesses that don't understand all the requirements that may not already be set up as a DBE or a SWAM, small woman and minority owned business. And they're there to help with that process, answer questions. There's going to be some circumstances, I'm sure, where not only VDOT or the Department of Minority Business Enterprise is assisting with that, but also Lane Corman. Both the contractors, Lane and Corman, help small businesses get these designations quite often to work with them and also meet their goals. I think, I'm not sure what that office is called these days inside VDOT, but I think they have some financial resources to help with some of the advertising in these meetings. And if they're well, if they're reasonably well advertised, normally they generate a lot of interest. But that's why we're looking at venues very closely, because we have to have one that's large enough to house everyone. They are expecting a big group. Does that July 15th date look relatively firm, Chris, or do you know? That's the last date that I've seen. Yeah, that was as of yesterday. I think that any changes in that may be to accommodate a certain venue. One of the schools or one of the hotels, if they really identify it as a good candidate, if it's the 16th versus the 15th, that might be a change. But hopefully we'll know that by early next week, I would imagine. Okay. Thank you. Don't go too far. We'll talk about the, we said we would review a summary of changes from the 30% to the 60%. And I sat down with Dave yesterday, and the long and short of it, which frankly isn't surprising, is there's not really any material changes from the 30% to the 60%. That exercise isn't about, gee, what grade did we get on our 30%? Can we do better on 60? It's additional plan development. There was one change that occurred, which is a result of some work that Lane Corman did, was a further reduction in the size of that stormwater management easement in the northeast quadrant. I don't know what it reduced from to. I don't know the square feet, but approximately 20 feet of the width we took off and replaced as temporary construction easement. And that was really done in coordination with the property owner there, kind of a request. Okay. 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 There were in the neighborhood of a couple hundred comments on the 60% plans. Again, that number might sound big, and you may say, oh my gosh, how could it possibly have that many issues? That's not a big number. Most of these are technical clarifications that tie back to design standards, specifications, special provisions, or contract requirements. Dave and I went through the list of a couple of hundred and a few that were important. One, and some of you all caught this, was to move the U-turn. Remember, we talked about moving U-turn south of Myers Drive. The 60% plans that showed up north of Myers Drive, that will be moved back south of Myers Drive, and there will be no left turn allowed up into Myers. 
uh, one of the comments was that all the poles for signals, lights, or closed uh, circuit TV are to be powder coated so they're not the bright, shiny aluminum uh, aluminum poles. And, and and this is an important utility easement can't be used later as a temporary construction easement, not without renegotiating that easement with the property owner. In other words, you get this easement, the utility easement, for the purpose of doing utility relocations. And that is, uh, is an easement that is, there's a compensation settlement at some point for that easement. That does not mean that that same easement can be used as a temporary construction easement for the purposes of of, uh, of performing construction. If if a utility easement were to be needed for a temporary construction easement, that's a separate <coughs> negotiation right there. So that's, uh, that is important. I know you all had the 60% plans. Uh, some uh, fed some questions back uh, that we responded to. If there are other questions or comments on the 60% plans, we'll yeah, I have a few of them. A lot of them may already have been taken care of. Like one of them was the crossover for near Myers Drive mm -hmm. that I, I looked and looked and couldn't find it. And finally, I found it north of Myers Drive. Right. But since then, I gave it some thought. You know, it, it was clear that. We didn't want to have that crossover lining up with Myers Drive. Mm -hmm. But is it better or worse to be south or north? <laughs> and after I well, that will start a big debate. It could be, and I'm not saying yeah. it is. Yeah. It could be better if it is north so that Pete can get to his place a little bit quicker rather than having to go all the way to Woodbrook. Sure. But I don't know. I appreciate you bringing it up and, and looking out for me. <laughs> uh, whatever. I, I don't know. I've, I've offered our feedback and talked to Ryle Hill, you know, yeah. extensively about it. And our concern is that that in the in light of traveling through more construction, all of the Ryle Hill patrons and employees will will start to make that U-turn and turn up into into Ryle so Hill. So you prefer it? I think that I think the overwhelming traffic that could result. Would be a detriment to the businesses that are in the shopping center. Okay, well, so you, that's you live there, you you know better about it. The thing is, it took me forever to find the damn thing. I couldn't find it, and then finally I find it. I say, when did it get here? And maybe it wasn't the search. So, some of us asked that same question. Okay. <laughs> and then I may have other things that are maybe very minor, but uh, uh, the one thing I'm a little bit concerned. Um, is on that pork chop where you exit Fashion Square, mm -hmm. uh, 1K parenthesis 14. Um, do I understand this right? Since the walls, the retention walls got shortened, retaining walls, now people could try to shoot out of that pork chop and make it into the true lanes. Am I right on that? I thought that extended far enough south, and that 
the way it directs the traffic, and, and you're looking at a maintenance of traffic plan with the 1K series, but if you look at the, the plan sheet, I, I think that would be sheet three or four, you see where the end of the yeah. wall is. Yeah. Yep. But it's something we can certainly look at. Yeah, I, I wonder if there isn't a potential for a weave there that you may want to take care of it ahead of time. Mm -hmm. uh, it's a, okay. It's a concern. That, okay. Uh, or, or do you want to have that weave? I don't know. No, no, no that would be a no. <laughs> yeah. In addition, if you if you look at the striping plans, there's solid lines with the. Um, I, I understand. There are things you can. Yeah. Do. I, I yeah. Just, I hear you. I woke okay. up to this. I before I didn't catch it. Now I said, well, okay. There's a potential. We'll look. And uh, oh, on the detour signs, um, which is on 1K Brandis's 37, there is a famous Rod 631. <laughs> that nobody knows that it's dry or low. And I wonder if you don't want to call it dry or low. Well, VDOT will need to include the route number on there. It's fine. I'm not saying that they yeah. should not. Yeah, I, okay. I, uh, 631 does very little for me. Not everybody wakes up with that in, uh, it's in their mind. I, I, Except Joel. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. That's all I know. Yeah, but that's inside baseball. Yeah. Uh, okay. I lived there for 36 years, and you could have shot me. And I wouldn't have known that Ryder Road is 631. I should have known that earlier. <laughs> there are some people. No. Okay. No, I got. I got it. I, I hear I you. Understand. We talked about that earlier too. Okay. too yes. Henry. We did for the meeting. Um, um, yeah. Yeah. Side, I think he has a good. He has a good point there. And here again, it yeah. shows up again. I look okay. And uh, 29 okay. looks good. Everybody knows what 21 <clears> is. And, okay. Uh, Okay, Myers Drive, we talked about that. Okay. Which is actually not Myers Drive, it's a return. And okay, I, I mentioned to you that some of those signs that are shown on the site, yes. the sidewalk in an urban situation, I feel they should be high cantilevered out so that you can see them. You know, even in slow traffic, uh -huh. congested, you have a big truck. Let's talk about some of the ground-mounted signs, Dave. Well, I think are quite interesting. Yeah. But, uh, okay. In this situation, uh, they they can be missed very easily. Okay. We'll look uh, at that. Yeah, that's just uh, a thought. And uh, then again, the famous 631 <laughs> the markings on the. <laughs> On the pavement, uh -huh. uh, it says 631 and 29. And wouldn't it be better if, in this case, you don't use any numbers, or in addition to the numbers, you say which ones are true, TRU, mm -hmm. and which ones are local, rather than 29, 631? Because, uh, gee, I mean, if there's 29. Okay. Let's look at that. I, I don't want to go to 631. I don't even know what it is. <laughs> So everybody would want to stay, okay. and then okay. that person that. that made that comment that reduces to two yes. yes, would actually be justified in their worry because here's 29 and there's 631 rather than true and local. 
So you may want to think about that. Uh, okay. And I give you these things. Yeah, I was going to ask you if we could either have them or at least maybe let Dave take them and we'll get no, them no, back I, to you. I don't want them back. Yeah, okay. Your trash can is as good. No, no, no. Those are good comments. Somewhere where you have Fashion Square and 29th Place joined, all of a sudden you, you show the signs and, uh, and it's good, you know, 29th Place, Fashion Square, and then you show Seminole Trail, no number 29 on that. And there it's the opposite. Mm -hmm. Half of the population of this town doesn't know that 29 Seminole Trail. So there you want to add. That might have been a replacement of an existing sign. Uh, because we did, I'm not saying it is, but it may have. I don't know. It, it's possible. But, okay. Uh, there well, are Seminole Trail signs. Yeah. There. Um, it wouldn't be the first time that I think that some of the signage that VDOT puts out there, like in Gainesville, it tells you where you're going to Warrington. 29, but it doesn't tell you Charlottesville. Then they added a little sign saying Charlottesville as well. So, yeah, things happen. And, uh, and then we come to the landscaping. And on the overpass, and here I have to say, I'm, I'm disappointed. Uh, there's no imagination. It's like they took the conceptual, which was modified quickly, mm -hmm. and they put some planters on there and whatever. And it's not really an integrated design. It's, uh, Won't there be a separate landscape submission day? Or well, am I wrong part, about that? part of the issue, no, it's included in these. Plans. It's included in these. Um, there's not a lot of opportunities. The, the meeting out there, when you get up near the intersection, that, that it's it's not going to be what it is today as far as the area. Now, they'll, they can plant trees as far as they can. Up that I'm not talking about the trees yet. I'm just talking about... You're talking about the deck. About the deck. Yeah, on the deck, the, the yeah. half circles. Uh -huh. And, uh, gee, uh, first of all, you have to be careful with landscaping plants because a landscaping plant gives you a plan that may look interesting, but when you really look at it, it's like eye level. Mm -hmm. uh, well, not so interesting. Mm -hmm. And I've seen plenty of mistakes made, including okay. all those trees that were planted, planted in front of our uh, county office building that on plan view must have looked terrific, but just obscured the whole building. Um, in this case, um, what I like to refer to is in uh, Culpeper on the little bypass, the traffic circles that yeah. were built. Mm -hmm. Uh, they have very interesting landscape, landscape I've never seen before, and I'm not saying that you necessarily put that on, mm -hmm. but it showed a lot of creativity okay. and how they were treated. And here, I, it shows the opposite. Okay, put some planters in there, put something in there. Uh, you still have slabs, especially on the site where you don't want pedestrians. Uh -huh. Make sure that pedestrians don't want to be there. <laughs> right now, they would want to jump there. They, they have lot of uh, concrete slab to walk up. So all I have to do is miss some of those plans. Okay. Okay. So I think that lends itself more creativity. You had actually some work done with one of your guys, and if he looks at this, he'd probably be more disappointed than I am. I think that... Okay. We'll take a look. There's room for improvement. Okay. And that's all. Then trees, uh, I noticed that there is a typical tree 
then nowhere on the plant did I find where trees would be planted. And I assume that coming later, they are significant. There's, there's not a lot of opportunities in that area to plant new trees, uh, quite honestly, other than on private property, mm -hmm. um, which we're not going to advocate planting trees on somebody else's property if they don't want them. But, you know, because of the, the three lanes and, and where the tapers occur, uh, there might be opportunities to replant a few of those trees in the median where the temporary crossovers are. But beyond that, there's there's simply no space. It's kind of a, there's not a lot of green space out there now to plant trees. Okay. Well, at least uh, there's one area you're pointing out where the temporary crossovers are sure. replaces trees. Hopefully, uh, in the largest possible size, reasonably put in there. Okay. Okay. And you sure you sure about taking those? Do you want those back? No. Okay. They've got them. Okay. As long as you're sure. I don't want to. Well, they're not going to go anywhere if you want them back. Okay. I don't so. Well, all right. Thank you. Um, Karen, did did you also want to leave some comments for Dave, or I don't know if you're engineer that we've talked to before has looked at those. I'm waiting for Okay, okay, okay. Okay. Rich. Rich, right, rich. Okay, okay. All right. All right. I had a couple others. I think they kind of match or share some common ground with Henry's. One was on the railroad eastbound, trying from 29 south uh -huh. to get there. That was a little confusing to me trying to read it here, and I was having the railroad, I think, would help. But even then, when you look at the traffic management plan, it never really shows a U-turn anywhere down there for the lane. Where do you, if you're trying going 29 south, where do you turn? And I think the answer I got looking at the uh, the key on 1K38 was they go on down to 29. But you know, I'm not sure where they go from there. Are they supposed to do a U-turn because it doesn't really show a U-turn. Is this during the 103 day period this you're looking during, at? Yes. Well, yeah, no, phase, phase two. Phase two. Phase two. So I wasn't, anyhow, I just was saying, I think we need to be clear because I think that's something, at least at first, until people learn it, it's going to be kind of confusing to them. You're talking about the turn south telling me to go eastbound on the left? Yes. Okay. Yeah. I'm a, I'm a little nervous about what we have there. Um, to the other one, the crossover on 29 up at Myers Drive, south of Myers Drive, uh -huh. the question I had looking at it, because I understood it was moving to south, was for the traffic coming out the gardens there, or Crutchfield, uh -huh. um, are, are we clear that they're not going to be able to cut over and do try to make it into a left turn movement if you, you put it south of, south of there? You mean a cut over and do a U-turn? Well, it wouldn't even really be a U-turn. It might not even be a U-turn for him. Uh oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And, yeah. and take a left turn. So We did look at that proximity to Gardens Boulevard. Mm -hmm. So uh, anyhow, that was that was another yeah. answer. Um, and they've been wanting to move it. One of the reasons they moved it for them. Yeah, we don't want to encourage Yeah. One thing to consider is there's no left turn off the 29 southbound at that location, that temporary crossover. That's only northbound. Yeah. Northbound traffic will not be stopped at any signal. Only southbound traffic will be stopped. 
Okay. Um, then on sheet four, number two, I think I mentioned one of them to you. The stormwater management, a surprise stormwater board up there um, is actually in a travel lane. Yes. Put stormwater management underneath the travel lane. And then maybe I missed something or from the earlier, but I thought there was actually a stormwater management facility on the Fashion Square side. In our conceptual plans, mm -hmm. there were. There yeah. were. Lane Corman has uh, done some other design work and was able to eliminate that altogether, which we're very happy about. So we only have the two stormwater management facilities, the one on the south of the project that's in the travel lanes, and the one on the north side of the project at Elmwall Square is not in the travel lanes. So there'd be no peak flow increase going southbound on that, on that east side? Not, not from the site area. Um, they've actually, their target for reduction was 8.6 CFS, I believe, and they came in for 7.6 so there's a reduction. Okay. All right. And then they're just the stormwater four on the other side is, is getting that? Yes. Okay. And then I already saw you said you reduced the one on the northeast quarter. Mm -hmm. The eastern area. The only other question I had there was there's a sign right there and there's a lot of concern with the, being able to replace the sign, where they're going to be able to replace the sign, just working with that property owner to make sure we get a sign, of, sign location identified for them. Yes, and, and we discussed that with them initially. Um, we, we just became aware that they're working on a new sign design and we've got a lot of ideas and we are willing to work with them. The only place they really can't be located is right on top of that proposed stormwater management facility. Uh, we have explained that the easement area where the duct bank is currently being constructed is fair game because once that duct bank goes to the ground, there's no reason to ever dig it back up. Right. So we're okay with the sign being located on top of it. Thanks. That's good. Thank you. Okay. Do you need any more from Mark? Or good. And then when Rich gets some comments in through Karen, uh, get those right to you. Absolutely. Okay. All right. Anything else on bio 60 percent? I'll just touch on generally. Obviously, I don't, I'm not an engineer, so it's a little overwhelming looking at this stuff. I mean, I look at them all the time, but these are way more detailed. I just think it's really critically important that we communicate the scheduling as much as possible. We've touched on it earlier, so yes. I'm stating it, but yes. the difference between day work and night work, phase one, phase two, and phase three. The, the takeaway I, I took from this, other than the <clears throat> things we already talked about, is there's a lot that's going to happen in the leading up to this 103-day closure. Yes. And significant impacts along the way, even though the road itself isn't going to be closed, it's a, just a tremendous amount of, of impact, and so the more we can communicate about the, the scheduling of those impacts, I think the better we will all stand. During I agree. Pretty good segue. I agree. Yeah, I agree. We're one agenda item away from getting to that. Um, go ahead, th and thank you. Go ahead. Uh, the place naming, we're getting down the place naming is something that VDOT is conducting and carrying forward and will we will be making a recommendation to to VDOT 
either collectively as a panel or otherwise. Um, it, the information from the focus groups is going to be available to the county, is going to be available to the small area planning process. Uh, and if a recommendation comes back through that, we can consider that as, as well. But this is not being handed over to the county. We're finishing this. This isn't a get a 30,000 people together and, and vote on, a, on an A. This is meant for businesses in that intersection. If the result is don't call it anything, uh, so, so be it. But that's going to come up primarily through the focus groups with the with the businesses. So it's not meant to usurp the small area planning process that I know some folks are worried about more than than others. It's meant to supplement it and feed into it. But we're not in charge of the county's small area planning process, so we're not going to let this bounce away un, unnoticed. Uh, next one. Uh, since we met last, go ahead. Since we met last, uh, well, when we met last, we knew that we were going to hold the meetings at the library uh, for the West Side businesses and Fashion Square for the East Side businesses. The moderator's guide has been uh, out a couple of times. We got some feedback back on uh, back on that. We took out any, any references in the guide to names uh, that could possibly be used for, we ended up calling it the parts of the intersection, because once you don't call it quadrant, or you don't call it east or west, or you don't call it uh, a corner, and you don't call it a square, you're not left with a lot to call it. <clears throat> but uh, uh, several of you, and Neil pointed that out when we first saw the moderator's guide as well. So it's parts, assuming that park won't be one of the recommended names. The focus group schedule has been nailed down. The library, two meetings on the 19th, two meetings on the 25th, and then at Fashion Square, actually in between those two, there'll be four meetings held on the, on the 23rd. As of this morning, about 8 o'clock-ish, 53 people have signed up for the focus groups. Got a fairly good list through the Chamber of Commerce and the county. Uh, need about 80 is what they're looking for. About 10 for each each meeting. I can't tell you of the 53 how many are on the east side, how many are on the west side. I just don't have that information. Frankly, I didn't ask for it. I just asked for the number and I said, is it representative of all the parts? And so far, so far it is. So that's lining up. Uh, that's lining up well. Phil, do you know? Do you know how these people are being contacted or signed up? I think by phone. So there's a list. From there's the a library. there's a list. There was a list. Uh, some, frankly, the list was short on email addresses, but comprehensive on phone numbers. Okay. And that's not being done by by VDOT. All the contacts are being made through uh, SIR. So it's not, it's, they're not volunteering after seeing something, they're being called to ask. They're being asked, yeah. they're being invited to participate. Yes. It's, kind of a, it's almost set up almost like a survey. Yeah. It's, it's a, nice. it's yeah. a telephone survey. Yeah. 
So these people uh, don't have any particular background. They're not necessarily business people or just no. regular residents? Or no, these people are coming from a list of business. Oh, there are business owners, managers. Okay, they're business Primarily owners. through the Chamber of Commerce list okay. and the list that got assembled through the county. <clears throat> Is that right? Through the through the uh, through the, the county assembled from the business um, information meeting that they held last fall. Yeah. The, the two meetings last oh, fall. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. And then plus there was another there's another list as well. There's some overlap on those. So we ended up giving SIR connected people one way or the other. Yes, sir. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, fr quite frankly, these are people that ought to have an interest in what takes place here and either either naming it is a good idea or not in their minds. And so that's what we'll know. Okay. Um, the advanced communication and notification. Uh, and I'm going to ask Lou to speak to this uh, a little bit. Lou has put together uh, a uh, communication strategy working with Chris Reed and Lane Corman the key, and VDOT has used this in other places, is look, there shouldn't be any surprises. Uh, that's the, the ultimate. The key element is advance notice to business owners and residents, and through establishing personal contacts, not a letter in the mail or, or something, something like that. Lou and uh, Chris uh, are, VDOT gets a three-week look-ahead schedule. Uh, even with the baseline schedule in place, VDOT gets a three-week look-ahead schedule. Lou and Chris are going to focus on week three and week two and make contacts, personal contacts, with business owners about work that is planned to come up. Then the following week, when they get the new three-week look-ahead, those activities should logically move up to week one when there'll be a second round of contacts. You know, hey, we said two weeks ago this was three weeks out. Now we're at that period of time where it's happening this, this week. And uh, I think that personal contact, uh, it's great to have a name, it's great to have phone numbers, and it's great to have a website. It's a heck of a lot better to have Lou walk in your office and say, hey, John, we're going to be here three weeks from now, and we're going to be here for four days, and then maintain that contact as you come up to that period. So Lou, do you want to talk a little bit about, you, you guys made some visits uh, to, I think, the Southwest folks uh, yesterday. Yes, um, in anticipation of the duct bank work that's going to be done out there beginning next week from Rio down south to Burkbarn on the southwest quadrant. Chris Reed and I uh, spent yesterday morning visiting all the businesses that front along Route 29 whose properties actually have been affected by that work. And we just went into each business and uh, introduced ourselves to the manager, the business owner, whoever might be the responsible party there, uh, provided our contact information, let them know about what's going on. And while we were there, we asked to make sure that we had current contact information for each one of those businesses so that we can add them in if they're not already in our email distribution list for the, um, for the weekly traffic update as well as the newsletter. 
So we have the telephone number and uh, as well as an email address so that we can keep in contact with them. Uh, we will, again, we'll, we'll go back and we'll make redo that contact the week before everything happens. Uh, we also provided cell phone numbers where those folks can contact us and identify ourselves as the go-to people if they have concerns or issues, questions, <coughs> they need some immediate assistance. For example, somebody said, well, okay, so what kind of thing would you, uh, do you foresee happening that I would want to call you on your cell phone? And uh, Chris's answer was, well, if your driveway's not open, when you're getting ready to open your business, that would be a good reason to call me. So, um, and, and, and an event that better not occur. Yeah. 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 So, um, you know, um, but the point is that what we're trying to do is make sure that these people, the responsible managers of those businesses, have uh, information, they have contact information for both of us, and that they know that we're here and we're available to them if they need us. You're going to need to be in those businesses a lot. Yeah. I mean, uh, a lot, a lot. So we'll continue to do that. As I said, we get that, we get that three-week look ahead every Friday afternoon, Friday morning usually. Uh, and then Friday afternoon, we use that to put out the weekly traffic alert for the upcoming work that week. And then Chris and I, each Monday, will talk and go through that schedule and uh, make plans to do whatever notifications need to be made based on, as Philip said, the upcoming work. Thanks. Thanks. Any questions for Lou at this point? Thank you. Uh, signing layout and, and legend. Uh, we talked last week uh, about uh, uh, switching, uh, well not switching, pulling back the location of the overhead signs and uh, pulling them further to the north and further to the south and we are going to do that. Generally speaking, they will be about 800 feet. The last uh, meeting we talked about eight to 900 feet. Generally speaking, they'll be pulled away about 800 feet in advance of the where the through lane and the local lane uh, splits. Uh, the contractor is going to need to look at that and determine the exact location of where those signs will be, so they don't interfere with any signals or any other any other issues. But what we talked about two weeks ago, we're going to do. Those overhead signs won't be where they were located on the 30% plans, or maybe not even where they're located on the 60% plans. They're going to be pulled further away. Uh, Henry made a good suggestion last week, and we'll see this on, a, on another slide in a minute, about the southbound uh, through sign. Uh, I think last week, it, I actually I forgot what it said last week. Um, what did it say? Charlottesville. Charlottesville, and Henry mentioned uh, perhaps it should say Lynchburg and, and UVA, and uh, that made uh, that made a lot of sense to me. So we'll see some suggestions there Pardon. here in a minute. Downtown. Downtown. Yes. Well, that's. I got part of it. I, I, I turned in some yeah. homework. He turned today. in more homework today <laughs> than I'm going to give to you. We'll, we'll, today. Today. we'll grade that later. If he buys it. Okay. We'll have a parent-teacher meeting. But, um, and we uh, are going to add a third overhead signboard to, uh, to specifically designate the business intersection 
names and the names of the parts or the quadrants, if there are, I mean, if, if we end up there. Now, when we see some pictures, you're going to see names in there already, and they're just the names that we've been using consistently because I don't want to do a, an example that, that's blank. Um, this is something different. I'm not aware of anywhere else where we've done this before, which makes me happy. But this third sign that's going to be more targeted to the intersection itself is not going to be white letters on a green background, but will have more of that Todd's look, the white letters on a blue background. And then the ground-mounted signs, and these are the signs Henry is saying that, well, maybe these should be cantilevered out over the local lanes. We'll have to look at, look at that. But regardless, there'll still be ground-mounted signs on the local lanes in advance of the intersection. We'll generally repeat the information that's on the overhead sign. Go ahead, Linda. Uh, so here are the northbound. Here's what the northbound would look like. Last week, we just looked at those two, those two signs. And what would be added to that on the overhead the overhead sign, located about 800 feet away from the split of the through lanes and the local lanes, would say North 29, Washington, local and business. I think last week that just said local, and we're going to add local and business, which was a recommendation that somebody here made. Maybe the Henry that was used as, as well. And then this third sign, which would be the white on, on blue, would say whatever the name of the area, general area is, and then whatever the name of each part turned out to, to be. On the south, southbound, uh, there, there are two options. There, there are uh, others, of course. But we, uh, we grabbed, we probably violated some rule, but we grabbed the logo from, uh, from <clears throat> I almost said that other school's name, <laughs> from UVA. I did not have the courage to do the little sign. I had one of these fixed up with Virginia Tech on it, but I didn't think that would go over too well. Plus, then Debbie reminded me that it would be posted online, and that may not be too cool. So we would have uh, on the southbound sign something like this, Henry, which is which Lynchburg made sense. Uh, Debbie and I went out and looked at the signing at Hydraulic Road and at uh, down at 29250, and we'll see that in a minute. This would be the local and business sign with. Henry's number 30, 631 on there. Uh, and then this would be the, the business sign or the local sign for the, for the opposite direction. What was left at the northbound is now on the right side, and what was on the right side is on the left side. We look just quickly at, at another option, go ahead, which just kept the word Lynchburg down here move the UVA logo up, which, go back for a minute, Linda. Just take a look at the size of this sign. Helps keep the sign a little, a little smaller, which may or may not be, uh, be of concern. Fr frankly, I like to see them small because they're big signs all. 
already. Uh, so those are a couple of options to look at. And then just go ahead and we can come back and look. These would be the, the ground mounted signs up at the, uh, in advance of the intersection itself uh, and would repeat, generally repeat the information at, uh, that was on the overhead sign. And I think Dave and I talked about this yesterday and Henry brought it up uh, this morning. On these signs, there would probably be some arrows and not just say next left or what, but there would probably be some, some arrows. And then it helped me to leave here when we left last time and Deb and I drove through the, go ahead, through, through the area. So driving toward hydraulic, this is the signs that are up now at hydraulic. And you know, John, to me, this is just a, something that I thought, it seems a little redundant. It seems like there's one more sign up there than you need, but that's another, that's another it, it issue. Uh, and then down at um, 250 and 2029, this is where the current sign, and I know these, these are just pictures while we're driving through, says South Business 29 and the UDA logo, and then Lynchburg, Stanton, and, uh, and Richmond. Henry had mentioned this morning today that perhaps back on the the 29 sign, we may want to indicate to, uh, to Interstate 64 on there as well. That's something we can, we can talk about and look at. So that's where we stand on this uh, issue of what, where the overhead signs would be. They're not going to be a couple hundred feet from the split. They're going to be about 800 feet back. Uh, we've uh, We've reached agreement with our traffic folks about a third uh, overhead sign, or maybe we haven't reached agreement. We've made a decision we to reach agreement. We've reached agreement. We're going to do it, and we're going to use the blue and white uh, rather than the green and white to help tie together the overhead sign that says, "Hey, there's a business zone up here," with the ground-mounted signs at the intersection it, itself. Uh, I'm, I'm pleased with the way all that's de developing. As you look at this, you know, Henry had some different ideas for perhaps what would be on the, on the signs. You know, we can't go crazy with these things. It's not the purpose of it. Charlottesville isn't <clears throat> on a sign, but to be honest with you, I didn't realize that Charlotte the name Charlottesville is not any on any of the signs that are uh, that are out there today. Uh, Bill, I was going to ask or bring up bring up that point. You know, I appreciate the effort to get people to Lynchburg, but hopefully some people coming yeah. down 29 are coming to the city. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and you might be right. There might not be any signs out there today that say downtown or Charlottesville until you get to the city and our wayfinding mm -hmm. system picks up, which is separate from this, but. Um, you know, I'm compelled to suggest that Charles will be included somewhere. Yeah, uh, and uh, Henry, one of Henry, Henry, I'm giving away all your homework. Uh, Henry suggested adding Charlottesville downtown to the 
to the Rye Road sign. Go back, Linda, to uh, yeah, that, that's any one of these. Is any one of these fine? To perhaps adding it to, to this sign. I don't know. That's just something I think we have to think think through. I think what you're saying, Chris, is look, let's don't let's don't leave Charlottesville out here. Yeah, I'm not sure where it belongs. Yeah. But, um, you know, to me, I don't know that I go off on Rye Road and go down that way, but yeah, some people might. Um, okay. Okay. All right. That's the most direct route downtown. It would be nice if it was a little bit more user friendly, but it is. I mean, as I, mean, I thought that that road was being put in to take traffic off of Twenty Nine. Parkway. I'm sorry. It would be direct. The Parkway. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's what he's. That's the direct. I mean, that's. That's why right to the downtown mall. Well, that's what you're also downtown. Yeah. If you're coming from Northern Virginia, you want to come to Charlottesville and say, "Hey, tourist, where do you want to go? You want to go to Charlottesville downtown?" We talked a little bit about yeah, yeah. City center is always marked in Europe very clearly. And the only concern, the only. Thing aspect of that is that the parkway has no tractor trailers, right? right. So, am I wrong? Uh, so that that would encourage you would have to put signage up we, saying there are trucks on the parkway. Existing uh, truck route signage on 29, which will be replaced with this project. So it, it does direct trucks. In fact, we talked about that this morning about placing the truck route signs in the median encouraging them to stay in the three lanes mm -hmm. to go down to 29-250 interchange and use that as the truck route. Yeah. I mean, I like the idea. I just didn't want to create That's a very good point. And Dave, you'd also mentioned some signing in advance of the overhead signs. If if we were to possible, utilize, possible possibly, um, in a more wayfinding <clears throat> situation and I think we've kind of gotten away from the wayfinding and simplified it in what we're showing here. But if you define if you assign colors and symbols with corners or quadrants or parts or areas, oh, yeah. then yeah. we would yeah. want to define yeah. that as you come into the area. So the first thing you see is kind of a legend on the sign and then you see the signs that direct you to those corners. Go back a couple. What Dave is talking about and at first, I was sort of into it till we kept talking through it. Was well, gee, and again, we're just using these names as examples. That Fashion Square is some color, Abel is another one, Library is another one, Riot Hill is another one. We could have, you know, those colors designated on the sign. But if you do name them, isn't that getting the sign starting to get pretty junky now? I mean, if if the name of a particular corner or whatever it's called is library, does it need to be a triangle that's green? I mean, I I don't know that it I don't know that it does. I mean, and part of this is what we'll get out of the focus groups as well. Or do you just need to know where it is? And then remember what we talked about earlier is part of the opportunity here is then a business that's located in that area 
can incorporate that name in its own marketing, uh, own marketing program. So, I mean, I start thinking of that sign mixing symbols or <coughs> colors, and I'm not, I'm not well, sure that's the best. That's a personal. It depends a little bit on the quadrant naming if people come up with blue zone. And oh, well, sure, sure, you, sure. Then you have to. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but none of this precludes that. Yeah, none of this precludes it, that. It, it can yeah. still be. Yeah, yeah. And honestly, I think in that discussion that we had, um, we really focused more on, on simplicity. And yeah, we did. And over design, but sometimes a simpler approach yeah. might be better. I think that this is and, and you, you know, just to be sure that that there isn't any misunderstanding. What Dave and I, with the with the team, has been working on are the big concepts. You know, let's add another sign on the overhead sign. Where do we want the overhead signs to be? We don't want them to be right at the split. We want them to be further back. Let's have a sign that, if there are names, include the names on that, and let's tie that with the signs that are in advance of the, the intersection. So there's there's time, there's plenty, well, we'll ever say plenty of time, but there's time for us to talk about the names, the legend, and how all of that works out and whether there might be or might not be a symbol that goes with a name. It's maybe I'm a, too much detail. Uh, to me, though, when I, if I see this sign, 900 feet before the split, the words next left in the sign. Oh, it's very perceptive. When I showed Debbie in being so proud of what Dave and I came up with, she said almost exactly, yeah, but if that said next left, and I saw that 800 feet back, we've got to work on that. It's, it's a good, it's a, it could be confusing. The Crown Mountains mounted signs, those are going to be once you've gotten all right, the Right, 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 right. These may not need to say next anything. Uh, uh, I should say keep right. Keep, keep right. Well, yeah, yeah, you're right. Keep right for both of them. Yeah, yeah. actually, yeah, you're right. No, you're, yeah, you're, yeah, you're, you're 800 feet away. Yeah, you don't want to get in the left lane and then find out. You, yeah. yeah, no, it's now, right on. You're up, about to go up the, the so-called ramp. Yeah. And then you need to yeah. decide very yeah. quickly if you want to be right or left. But then no, that you're, comes you're in right on, Morgan. Right on. <laughs> There's also probably a potential to, although the colors should be separate, but make that one sign, the the two signs on the right, so you don't have to repeat 631 again and stuff like that. You, you also well, gain more the, real estate. The distinction there and don't discount how unique this situation is, having a sign other than white on green on an overhead sign structure. Having that sign be a distinct sign, I think, really makes it stand out with that information. And what we have there, the other distinction with the sign in the middle is local and business. That's a change since the last time we've seen this. Okay. Directing people to the local road and the business district, and then the sign to the right, how do I navigate this business district? And again, the ground mounted signs being right there near the split or just after the split or just before the split, wherever that is the most appropriate location, having the next left and keep right 
helps them find those corners or quadrants. We, we've got more work to, to do here. I'm reminded of something that Pete said uh, two weeks ago at our, la at our last meeting uh, and, and why we do want to keep working on this and getting this input. This, uh, this is an investment. You know, VDOT making an investment here to do something other than kind of what we're used to doing, which says, hey, you're on a road and there's another one up here. You know, trying to do a little, a little more than that. Uh, so all of these ideas uh, are, are good because every, it seems like every couple of days lately, we've been saying, well, you know what if we did do this? And, so we're, we're, we're working it. We're working it. And we'll keep working it. And let's see, June, we'll have a focus, two focus group, two rounds of focus group meetings before our next meeting. So I don't know that we'll have any of the input from that. We'll, we'll see. And Henry, I am going to give your stuff to, to Dave. And as you look at this over the next couple of days, if, if you have other thoughts about these, these signs, please, please sing out. <clears throat> New business and, uh, and unless there's anything else on the signs, business and wrap up. Mayor, any? Mm -hmm. Mark? Just to be clear, you don't want me to come back next week and get someone in business? Best I'll give you a shout. Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. That's a big yes. Chip, Pete, Henry, Karen? I, I did have um, I had seen on the news just in the last week or so. I think it was at McIntyre Park, maybe. Um, there came some changes. Um, but anyway, they had, I think they called it a dig day where they went out because they were going to be clearing out. Um, Lou, are you? To be able to. We'll pull that into. Even if it's not organized. Sure, yeah, I know. Find out well, you're saying if agree, it's possible, yeah, you'd like to know. I can tell. You know, yeah. Whoever it is. Okay. About the to create, to help them learn how to create customers. 
customer loyalty, social media, marketing planning, brand building, advanced workshops, a survey that was not approved, um, consulting and peer mentoring on positioning strategies for a slowdown, expand your sales channel, share cost, cut unnecessary inventory, just business planning, that was not approved. Um, a collective marketing campaign, including the creation of a group website and regular advertising and construction updates and business access um, using a quadrant approach. Also included advertising templates for the businesses that was not approved. A matching grant with business-specific construction-based advertising applicants design, but that was not approved. So that type of marketing and communication, you know, there's business assistance that takes on different forms, but that core piece of promoting the businesses, um, the area, communicating what's going on, it's right now, it doesn't look like we have anything like that. So that, that's just a big concern over that, how that's going to be developed as a of an umbrella, not just business by business with 100 signs out on the road. Chris? Brad? Uh, in response to Karen's thing, I don't have that in front of me, but it was three items that were removed. You listed four. Um, anything that had a dollar amount attached to it was removed, right. um, except for one item that uh, was about $2,000. So it was that pre-construction packet. Right. Um, one thing I thought of, about, and we talked about it briefly, but uh, if you would like to do it and if we can figure it out, at some point I think it would be good to either have a meeting somewhere else or meet and adjourn to look at at some of this work. I mean, it's great to it's great to talk about it, but it's there's nothing beats. I mean, just like the the little bit of time that we took out of yesterday and went out, you can really absorb a lot. Uh, I'm fine with doing that at some point if we would like to to do it. The time may not be now. I don't I don't know, but we should. I, we should sit down and try to think about that and then maybe make a recommendation to the panel here about a future meeting that we could uh, we could either do it at the do it in your trailer or uh, and then just go out there's plenty going on at the Best Buy ramp and there's you know a lot of work starting. With the with the utility relocation at at Rio. so is that something we can plan and do as long as you know about it in advance, so you don't wear a nice suit, Chip, or something like that. And we would need to, if we do that, we'll need to get lined up with uh, with the appropriate safety equipment because we can't just be plodding around out there for the for the fun of it. Okay. All right. All right. Well, I didn't have anything anything else. Then we can we can wrap up. Uh, our next meeting is June the twenty fifth, and then that calendar would uh, would start that you had uh, a couple of meetings ago 
with our next meeting being July 16th. But we do have a meeting on June the 20, June the 25th, back, back here. Okay, thank you. Thanks, see you in a couple weeks.